everyone. Welcome to Dick Talk, the podcast where we review romance novels recommended to us by TikTok. I'm Karina. I'm Katie. And I'm Emily. This week, we read A Lady of Rooksgrave Manor by Catherine Moon. All right, ladies. A Lady of Rooksgrave Manor is about Esther, a maid in the 1880s. Her house owners have fallen on hard times because of gambling and have to let go of all of their servants. So Dr. Jonathan Underwood, the first doctor in town to use a vibrator, approaches Esther, who he's seen spying on her mistress while he uses said vibrator on her, to join a home for sexually interested young women. Rooksgrave Manor is a whorehouse with monsters as its clientele. Esther thrives there and ends up accumulating five different clients, a Jekyll and Hyde situation, a vampire, a golem, a sphinx, and eventually an invisible thief. Five amazing clients that she will spend the rest of her life with. Uh, I gave this a rating of four out of five public double penetrations. (laughs) That's generous. I gave it five out of ten buzzes of Dr. Underwood's device. Oh, I'm not prepared for this. Come back to me. <laughs> we can't. You're the last one. Ah, I give it, um, I don't know, nine out of ten prehensile sphinx dicks. <laughs> we'll get there. All right. <laughs> All right. This was probably the smuttiest book we read. <laughs> this round yeah checks out yeah i'm learning that there's like a scale of books where it's like some have definitely more plot which is like a little bit of sex to keep you engaged and then some are just sex with the barest hint of plot <laughs> so that you can <laughs> pretend like you're reading a book <laughs> this had a definitely barest hint of plot but i like Indeed. i wish she'd gone a few different directions with the plot well, so I definitely a key hallmark of romance books is the happily ever after right of course so i understand that that's necessary and that like what she has to love all five of them forever but at some point it's like can we a little bit of drama please (laughs) (laughs) well I I thought that introducing the villain was weird it was very weird for someone whose magic is for them to be unrecognizable everybody sure (laughs) recognized him for real (laughs) immediately every time all the time (laughs) was a bit ambiguous for a bit too long as far as like, okay, why are we so scared of him? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I I wish you'd gone one direction or the other, like a mysterious force trying to destroy the house, the manor, and we never really know what it was because it is a series, so there would be time. Mm. Or alternatively, a villain that we know everything about immediately. Like splitting the difference didn't work for me. Right. Bersha was just so evil for the sake of being evil. He just wants everything to burn. He can't stand for there to be happiness in the world. Yeah. Really? There's no, no more death yeah. there? And that goes back to my like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. What, what's his deal again? Like, what? why is he? Why is everyone so scared of it? Like, I just yeah. didn't. He right, just likes rape. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that's about all we learned yeah, about that's him. Kinda... Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah. He just gets hyper fixated on Esther because she likes doesn't. Sex. Yeah, also who doesn't? <laughs> right. Yeah, fucking loves it. Every other man in the house yeah. too that she passes it like Literally the one in the basement that like leads her down there. Like, yeah, it's like, hey. Don't flirt with me. I might like it. <laughs> right. 
I also wish we had more information about the houses and their mistresses. Like Agreed. Uh, what? I want to know more about Madame Magdalena. Madame? Magdalena. Magdalena. first yeah. name. She had also an M last name. Right. And then and the other houses, like Siobhan, and there were a couple other ones mm-hmm. that I'm intrigued. I want to know like the lore behind these houses and like why they exist and who their clientele is and like are there turf war like and, which obviously there are obviously yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah i was really intrigued by the the world building there mm-hmm. yeah there just wasn't enough of it i think that it's really interesting that in service to a fantasy the author bypassed all of the drama that would exist in these situations in real life mm. and created external conflict instead which went back a little bit to like my problem of this is sex work but no it's not that all of these books do, that takes out the very real relationships made in sex work between other sex workers. And like yeah. she's living in a house with all of these women, but we get passing mentions. Right. We hardly get to know any of them. Yeah. Except the one who hated it there. Right. Which was also just shitting on sex work for yeah. no reason. Like, yeah. hey, sex work is cool if you like it, but if you're just doing it to get paid, then you're a terrible person. <laughs> I mean, everyone does a job just for the paycheck. Exactly. Right. Exactly. uh, Capitalism. And that's okay. But like if she had had those very real relationships, then you didn't need a villain. You could just have the house fire. And like that's fucking tragic. Yeah. But no. Yeah. I also wanted to know about the other mistresses. Yes. And maybe, maybe we'll get there in sequels. This is just the first book. The next book is about the play. The theater. Yeah. Yeah, Which I'm very excited about. Emily. Would you like to talk about the theater? I was less excited about that. I think just starting off with a blatantly rapey scene, the whole like, oh, she doesn't want it, but really she does. It's just a turnoff for me. Like, please, no, let consent be consent and let no be no. It's interesting you say that because I think there is nuance there. For example, that particular scene for me felt entirely consensual, right? Because it is a scene that people are hired to do yes there's that extra layer of it it's just what it was portrayed exactly yes was what i didn't like and i think that's just maybe a matter of personal preference mm-hmm. what we found with romance novels is they like to blur that line a lot of what is rape play inside of the narrative outside of the narrative and i don't think that's necessarily healthy or good thing <laughs> everyone has their own context and personal experiences leading up to how they deal with personal trauma whether it exists or not and it's it's difficult to cast judgment or form an opinion on that when it's a very personal experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> we don't exist outside of us. Exactly, exactly. And and I agree with you, Emily, that it is frustrating to continually read these scenes where the man is like, "Well, I can tell she wants it. Her pussy's so wet." And it's like, "Okay, but she's literally shouting, stop!" Yeah. <laughs> right? At what point is it more harmful? than some sort of fantastical fictional sex scene it's a gray area for sure it's perpetuating that this is common and normal right uh, i just don't like And that that. like she always falls in love at the end so it was worth it and it was okay to take that step and force her yeah yeah i did appreciate the announcement in the theater of all of the humans are volunteer yeah that mitigates it so i didn't find this at all uncomfortable for me in in these scenes in this particular book because everyone did sign up to do this everyone attending well except for Esther kind of knew what they were getting into right <laughs> everybody understands that it's fantasy and I feel like that helps to negate the like harmful 
message that it portrays, right? Like if you understand mm-hmm. that you are signing up to this fantasy and you understand that in real life, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> to... or, or it does. Well, it's, right. but it shouldn't. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you can consent to rape play and that uh, right. is and, and I just, that's not what I mean I right. mean that everyone understands it in the real real world if a man rapes a woman and she ends up falling in love with him that's it's not worse. yes it's definitely it's definitely worse, worse. <laughs> I did have a problem with trauma in that scene outside of the plays that were going on which is she Esther had just been attacked yes with the water situation yeah and her two suitors were worried about her seeing that uh-huh. Kraken unnamed octopus thing yes <laughs> and she had no no negative reaction to it whatsoever and I understand that this is a fantasy and we don't want to deal with real life trauma but then don't put your characters in really traumatic situations I thought she did have a moment where she, she did was have nervous about it and and then pushed through she got over it yeah like she used quick. it to process her trauma in a very in two sentences yes <laughs> however there was an attempt of a mention it didn't seem very considerate that it was basically the next day after she was attacked. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should have postponed. This theater seems active enough that they're going to have another show. Just go in a couple weeks. Listen, they already bought the dress. And, and they can't work with the right schedule away. with all five of them. So they really have a <laughs> yeah. window to work with. It's my night or bust. This is an interesting look at polyamory. Uh, very interesting fantasy look at polyamory (laughs) insinuating that guys are better at scheduling than i found them to be and (laughs) far less jealous than Mm. i found them to be and how adorable i suppose when they're signing up to a house like this with the understanding that they are sharing a woman like that kind of self-selects for men that maybe won't be as Mm kind of like when you tell someone you're polyamorous and they tell you that (laughs) they're fine with it and it it just works out after that yeah no conflict ever (laughs) Listen, <laughs> Ammon or Amon? How how did y'all yeah. read it? Um, I said Ammon because yeah. it sounded more Egyptian. All right, I'll That's go. What I was go going. with Ammon. He was jealous at first, but boy, how did he get over it? Yeah, invited so them easily. all to live in his house. I'm like, yeah. what is up with this girl? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite of Esther's men? I guess I got to go with Auguste, the French vampire. Because he'd bake me stuff. I know. You got to <laughs> love the, like, bisexual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Dr. Underwood by the end. At the beginning, I was yeah. like, <laughs> what the fuck is up with that? Yeah. Uh. I also really like Ezra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ezra's a trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not like Ammon. I don't know. I'm not into him. I certainly like his introduction, his first scene. Yes. Yeah. That was very cool. Yeah. 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 More dream sex. Yeah, right. down. Like, Less hello. possessiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Favorite sex scene? I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go with Ghost Dick DP. <laughs> I liked when Ezra was fucking her on the table and all of the guys were watching. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember who it was. It was like, we got to get you painted like this. <laughs> <laughs> Convenient that he's invisible. They can all imagine it's them. Mm-hmm. It's a porn dream, right? Like every porn director, I'm sure, is like, Ugh. The ultimate POV. <laughs> yeah. Great idea. <laughs> I wanted more gay sex. Yeah. Like if these men, five men sleeping in a bed together, like, come on. I, I know there was a little bit. <laughs> I'm also, surprised at how much there was, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and fair. It's so yeah. very yeah. straight. But Especially, also like Amon, like he's been around since ancient Egyptian times. Like he, he hasn't, hasn't right. experimented a little. Yeah. Or like did and didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know that he 
does it doesn't explicitly say that right Mm-mm, no he's just i think very jealous and fixated on us there mm-hmm. and also booker uh-huh who was born like a hot minute ago isn't like <laughs> all right i don't have the these constraints of reality on me uh-huh. <laughs> yeah if all y'all are gonna be sleeping in the same bed like just try it out mm-hmm. yeah what else do you have going on I'm you're sure literally here for you're sex. otherwise just gonna sit and wait your turn yeah with the one vagina okay yeah Everyone's seeing each other's dicks anyway. Come on. Right? Help a brother out. No mention of pubic hair anywhere in there. Oh, they never do. No. I just find it funny because it's so specifically Georgian 1880s. Like, very specifically yeah. that time. And then it's like. And yet. Mm-hmm. No pubes. Mm-hmm. One other an- anachronistic thing was they mentioned going to Israel. And it's like, at that time, that would have just been Palestine. Yeah. <laughs> Touche, Catherine Moon. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I forgot they were in England until the end when they're on the carriage ride. I was like, oh, shit. Well, I forgot they were English. What did you think it was? Like Tennessee? (laughs) No, well, I knew in the beginning. But when they're at the manor, it's easy to forget, right? Because they keep writing her, like, accent in there. I can't. Like, I I hate that book. (laughs) I cannot stand it. And I'm just like, shut your mouth, Esther. (laughs) (laughs) Or open it. Next week, we're reading Fertile in My Ex-Boyfriend's Dungeon by Amanda Clover. TikTok stars Karina McGeehan, Emily Shirley, and Katie Jeffries. It is edited by Karina McGeehan. Produced by Derek Adams. Recorded at Shadow Public Radio. And our production manager is Jonathan Sparks. 